It's great to see you here this morning. You find it glad to see more snow in the wintertime? <laughs> Mixed reviews? Okay. You guys know what's coming up Wednesday, right? You guys better know what's coming up on Wednesday, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Now, I know I'm not reminding anybody. You all knew it. You're just being humble. You were just being humble this morning. But I encourage everybody. I'll never forget the day I was in the uh, locker room at a gym that I went to in Juneau. And it was Valentine's Day. And, all, and the guys were in there and they were... You know, talking about Valentine's Day. I was not part of the conversation. I was simply eavesdropping on the conversation. And they said, yeah, 20 bucks for a bunch of roses. It's like, it's like taking a $20 bill and throwing it in the garbage can because they just die anyway. And I thought, you're really missing the point here, guys. But I'm sure they didn't say that when they gave the roses out. Okay. It's special. Um, I found some, uh, some love notes that I would like to show you. No, I did not find them in my house, okay? This, this is, but I found some love notes. And uh, can we put the first one up there? It was, uh, they were very interesting. Let's see. Oh, yeah, there's the first one. You grew on me the way your senior enterocolatica grows on spoiled bacon. <laughs> I thought that was special. That was special. Okay, I guess I have the clicker. I can do the next one here. Here's the next one. I love you as much as the dog. Almost. <laughs> now, the next one, you know, you have to have watched the Hunger Games to get the next one, okay? Here's the next one. Can you see it? It says, Husband, welcome home. I'm hiding in the house with a Nerf gun. Here is the other one. The loser cooks dinner tonight. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love, wife. That's a good one. That's an eventful evening there. Okay, here's the last one. I'm, not, I'm honestly not really sure how to take this last one. I mean, it's a loving note, but there's just something about it that seems a little... I love you, Bob. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm just not sure. <laughs> How to take that. But anyway, that's the last one. It does give us all some ideas now, though. Okay. Well, since it is the Sunday before Valentine's Day, I wanted to do a message on, on love. And I like to go through, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 on what love is like, but it kind of got uh, directed a different way t today. And uh, I really like the way... God directed me for the service this morning. I mean, we're going to be looking at the love of God, and it was just really powerful. Amen. So that's what we're going to look at, loving one another. And uh, let's just look at today's text, and then I'll pray, and we'll go through the message. So it's 1 John 4, verses 7 through 12. That's our text today. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. 
This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. So Father, we just thank you for your word today. And Lord, we pray, I just pray that you will help me to share the things that you've just kind of shown me as I studied. And Lord, I pray that we would see your heart and walk more and more in what your heart's desire is concerning us loving one another. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, there's some real simple things in this message today. Obviously, love is in there a lot. But the first point I want us to look at is simply this. Love comes from God. I mean, that's what we read in the first part of our text. Dear friends, let us love one another. That's all of us in this room. All of us in this room. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Now, some might say, you know, Pastor Mike, I know people that don't follow Jesus. They don't have God in their life. They don't follow Jesus. And they still love others. And that would be true. Right? I mean, Christians aren't the only people who love. Okay? (laughs) A lot of people love. My parents weren't Christians. They loved one another. They loved their kids. They loved their family. I wasn't a Christian growing up. I love my parents. I love my friends. You know? So love isn't just a Christian thing. All people have the capacity to love. Because God made us that way. You know? God made us to want... We have that in us. We want to be loved and we want to love. And Scripture tells us, clear back in Genesis, that we were created in the image of God. And we just read that God is love. So, that's, that's in us. But not everyone has the love of God in them. We all have the capacity to love. But not every person has the love of God within them. Jesus was talking to some people one day. And, uh, and some of them were, would have been you know, religious leaders. And look at this conversation. Well, actually, I just have his part of the conversation. But look what he said to him in John 5, 39. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept praise from men, but I know you. Look what he said. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. Now, he was talking to people that probably loved their families, loved their friends. They were able to love, but they did not have the love of God in their hearts. He went on to say, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else came in his own name, you'd accept him. 
If you had the love of God in your heart, you would embrace me, he was saying. But you don't. You don't. Here's another place where he was talking about love. John 15. And he said, if the world, he was talking with his disciples, his followers in this uh, instance. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. People in the world can love. Okay? If you belong to the world, you know, you would, you would uh, love, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. And that's why the world hates you. So, love comes from God. But today we're looking at the love of God being in you. Okay? The next part of the verse says that loving God and others shows that we're born of God. The scriptures was saying you, you can't be born of God and hate the children of God. That's just impossible. Okay? You can't be born of God and, and not care about God. That's just impossible. Dear friends, let us love one another. Oh, let me put that up there for you again. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Born of God? I mean, that's simply talking about any person who realizes that Jesus, as the Son of God, died for their sins. They can receive forgiveness through putting their faith in Jesus and then giving their lives to God to follow Him. Instead of running their own life, they've surrendered their life to God and received Jesus as their Savior. Scripture says that when somebody makes that decision, whether there's any feelings in it or not, it's a decision of the will, that God at that point forgives you because the blood of Jesus has cleansed you and He puts His Spirit in you. Whether you felt it or not, He put His Spirit in you. And His Spirit made you alive spiritually so that now you are connected with God. Okay, you're in relationship with Him now. Um, there's various verses that talk about this, but you guys, you all know Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is... That's the first one listed. Love, joy, peace. But the very first one listed is love. So basically, when God's Spirit comes into you, the, 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 the thing that God's Spirit is going to try to produce in your life is love. Okay? And Scripture talks about God's Spirit is, is a Spirit. He brings the love of God into us. The Spirit does. So, so love is huge in the life of a Christian. It's huge. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and... What's the last two words? And knows God. Okay? It's not talking about knowing about God. A lot of people know about God. There's a huge difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And it's talking about knowing Him, where you are actually connected to Him in a vital relationship. We're in 1 John. That's where our text is today. And if you go to chapter 1, it talks about this in chapter 1. It says, 1 John 1 verse 3, We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard. What's he mean? This is the Apostle John. He had walked 
with Jesus, literally. The Apostle John was one of those chosen by Jesus when he was walking on the earth. And John lived with Jesus for about three years. We've seen him. We've heard him. Our hands have touched him. Okay, They had literally been with Jesus. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. Who's the us? Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Knowing God in fellowship with Him, in a right relationship with Him, connected because He is now in you by His Holy Spirit. Love comes from God. The second point, another very simple point, God showed His love to us. We need to show our love. Right? Oh, you're, you're either a very tired group this morning. <laughs> Should we show our love? Amen. Do you want to be in a marriage relationship where you don't show your love to each other? No, you don't want that. You know, love is something that you need to show it. God doesn't just say nice, lovely things. He shows us His love. He shows us. Verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's a pretty profound statement. God is love. But there are other verses that talk about what or who God is also. God is love. But it also says God is light. Let's, let's back up a little bit in 1 John again. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we've heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. There's no darkness. Now light exposes what's in the darkness. That's what light does. Jesus came as a light into the world. And that light would expose what was in the darkness. And some people didn't want what, what was in their life to be exposed, so they did not want to be around Jesus. Okay, Because light shows what's in the darkness. Let's look at this passage here. <clears throat> this is in the Gospel of John. Chapter 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Okay, this is, the, this is what we've come to. This is the conclusion we've come to. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. A lot of people didn't want to be around Jesus because they, they didn't want the sins that they were enjoying to be exposed. However, there were others who were certainly in sin, but they were so drawn to Jesus. They didn't care if it exposed the sin or not. They were drawn to Him. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. I talked about how everybody can love 
I grew up not in a Christian home. I loved my family. I loved my friends. But I also loved sin. I loved sin. I wasn't thinking, this is so terrible what I'm doing right now. I was thinking, I like what I'm doing right now. I wasn't connected to God at all. I had the ability to love people, but I also certainly had the ability to love sin. The only thing I wanted to avoid was getting caught if it would cost me something. Okay? But otherwise, I enjoyed my sins of choice. But God is love, but He's also light. He shines on that stuff. And the next thing is even a little more alarming. Scripture says that God is a consuming fire. Now that doesn't sound quite as fluffy as love. Okay? But that's what it says. He is a consuming fire. Let's just look at that in Hebrews, which... Oh, I already had it up there. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. That is a quote from the Old Testament. That comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. God is a consuming fire. Now, I'm just going to read what the study notes said on Deuteronomy 4.24 where this originally was. This descriptive phrase refers to God's holy jealousy, anger, and judgment against those who depart from His word and righteous ways into any form of idolatry. Wow. Worshipping and loving other things besides God. Wow. So, God is love. I like that. God is light. A little scarier. God is a consuming fire. I don't know if I like that as much. Which one's wrong? Can God be all of those things? Let's think about this a little bit. God is love. I mean, if there's the perfect love, that's who God is. The perfect love. But that does not mean that he just ignores sin. Love is not just ignoring sin. Okay? Even as Christians, when we love one another, if we love one another, we're not just ignoring the sin that one another are doing if we know it's destructive, it's hurting. If we love, we'll say, you know what? Let me help you. Let's, let's get over this thing. Let's overcome this thing. That's what love would do. God is love, but doesn't mean he ignores sin. God's love has found a way to expose sin because he's light. God's love has found a way to consume sin because he is a consuming fire and be able to do that without destroying the sinner. That's the love of God. Somehow in all of that, God saves the person. Let's let's look at that some more. Let's go back to our text. Verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world. 
Now we instantly think of cross, you know, when, when we hear that. But he sent his son into the world. Was the world a really pleasant place to send his son into? Was the world waiting with open arms and adoration and thankfulness for Jesus when he came in? No, let's think about this for a moment. God shows us the extent of his love as he sends his son into the world. He knew that his son would be misunderstood. He knew it. And he sent his son into the world. He knew that his son would be slandered. Wow. He knew what they would be saying. And he sent his son into the world. He knew his son would be rejected by the very ones he came to save. He knew he would be rejected. Now, it's one thing to be rejected, but as parents, which hurts most? If somebody rejects you or somebody rejects your kids? I'll tell you what. It seems like the pain is multiplied when, it's, when it goes to your children, you know. I can remember times in, you know, when our kids, there was neighborhood cliques and stuff, and they got left out, and it's like, you know, I'm a Christian, but I just really want to kill somebody right now, you know. No, I mean, you just don't do that. But it hurts more to watch it happen to your kids than it does if it's happening to you. You know, it's just kind of the way it is. But God showed us His love that he sent his son knowing the world would reject him and then falsely accuse him totally lie about him totally lie about him and then be beaten whipped crucified he'd be abused the, the world would abuse his son God knew it and he sent him God shows His love to us in that He sent His Son into the world. The depths of His love. But the next part of the verse is pretty awesome. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Listen, we were dead. Spiritually dead. Disconnected from God under the wrath of God. And God sent Jesus so that we could have, it would cost his son his life, but we would have life because of it. Let's let's read a little further. uh, Excuse me. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Okay, this is love. Not that we loved God. Okay? What is the picture of what love is? Our love for God? No. That is not the picture of true love. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. He loved us. And sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, let's look at that a little bit. Atoning sacrifice. It's the word propitiation. Let me just read uh, the definition here. 
Whether I'm pronouncing it correctly or not, I'm not really sure, but that's the Greek word hilasmos. And it's related to haleos. It's related to that word. That word means merciful. Propitiation. Atoning sacrifice. Merciful. It's only used two times. Both times in 1 John. It's the only time that word is the only times those words are used. And it describes Christ through his sacrificial death appeasing the wrath of God. The wrath of God, the God whose light exposes all of the darkness. The God who is a consuming fire and will punish sin is also the God who is love. And so, it's, it Jesus' death appeased, took care of the wrath of God that was upon sin. Now, sin was punished. God's wrath was poured out. But who received it? Jesus did. Instead of you and I. Jesus received it. God's wrath was poured out. Sin was punished. All of our sin. It's just that Jesus took the punishment instead of us. He was the atoning sacrifice. His death is expiatory. It provides a covering for our sin. God can be merciful to the sinner because sin has been paid in full on the Son. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. This is love. And then, He paid such a high price... There was no higher price he could pay. <laughs> okay, there, there was no higher price he could pay. But, but his desire was, even though we caused the death of his son, he's reaching out to us and saying, I want you. I want you. God is love. He is love. So, God, so love comes from God. God showed His love to us. But here's the third part, which um, I found something in here that I hadn't really noticed before. It's probably always been there, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I hadn't really noticed it. God shows His love through us. We really have a big part in this love of God thing. So, our text again. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Okay, let's think about it. Since God so loved us. Since God chose to show us mercy instead of judgment. Since God chose to offer forgiveness, even though we would never deserve it. Since God chose to keep no record of wrongs, since He chose to be patient with us and show us His kindness, okay? Since God so loved us, we also ought to love each other. 
we also ought to love one another. Since God showed mercy to us, what should we show one another? Mercy. Mercy. But they deserve it. But that's what mercy is. You don't get what you deserve. If God so loved us that He chose to forgive us, what should we do for one another? Forgive. And if you're thinking, well, there's this one thing that God isn't expecting me to forgive, I'm sorry. But He is. But He is. Did you deserve the forgiveness that God gave you yesterday? Because some of us might have needed it yesterday. (laughs) If, If we don't deserve it, and yet He's willing to give it, and His love is now in us, then our attitude should be, I am willing to forgive also, even if they don't deserve it. I love this one. You know, when you go through 1 Corinthians 13, all these things that convict you, you know, love is patient, love is kind, blah, 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 blah. And then it gets down to the, keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Anybody in here keeping a mental list of what somebody's done? Better yet, do you ever remind somebody occasionally about those things? Is that what you want the Lord to do to you? You're just skipping along with Jesus and He says, Hey, remember that thing you did? I still remember what you did. Boy, that was dumb. And I even told you not to do it before you did it. We wouldn't want that. As God has so loved us, let's love one another. Patience and kindness. <laughs> God put those, per- those first on His description of love. Love is patient. I usually go through that really quickly and get to some of the others. But love is patient. Love is kind. Ah, Keeps no record of wrongs. Covers instead of exposes. Okay, finishing it up here. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. Anybody in here ever seen God? Yeah, you don't want to raise your hand because it wouldn't be true. We've never seen God really in His fullness. We haven't. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. it's, It's saying, no one's ever seen God. But if we love one another, people see God in us. They do get a vision of God. But it's, it's Him in us. Do you realize that when we are loving to one another, we are showing everyone what God is like? You know what I'm saying? And when we maybe don't do so well, but then we say, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me, we're showing what God is like again. Forgiving one another. Loving one another. Um, it, it's interesting it goes on to say, 
If we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made what? That's interesting. His love is made complete. Think about that. It doesn't say that His love was made complete at the cross. It doesn't say that. So when is His love really made complete? His love is really made complete in us when we love one another. That's when it's really reached the fulfillment of all it was meant to do. It's, it's, it's interesting. That word is also perfected in other translations. But if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. That word complete means to make perfect, to complete, to carry through completely, to accomplish, to finish, to bring to an end. God has started this love thing and it's really fulfilled and completed when we love one another. We're part of His plan. It means to bring to the end the, the goal. To bring to the goal. Wow. God's love, which originates in Himself and was manifested in His Son, is perfected, is completed in His people as they love one another. Not as they love Him. Okay, <laughs> That's not the completion part. It's as they love one another. God's love for us is made complete only when it's reproduced in us as we love one another like He loves us. I mean, okay, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. But, you know, Jesus said, man, everybody in the world who doesn't know God will know that you are my follower by your love for yeah, it wasn't your love for Jesus. He said, as they see you loving one another, they will know you're my follower. So, let me get um, personal. No, I'm not going to point at anybody. (laughs) But if you ever come to church... And you look around and you say, I am so glad so-and-so isn't here today. We're missing it. We're missing it. Wow. If you ever come to church and you have to kind of avoid certain people because they're like triggers in your life. So you, We're missing it. The, the person that I'm trying to avoid, Jesus loves dearly. Gave his life for And Jesus said, I love this person so much, I want you to love them too. Let's make it even more personal. Let's talk husbands and wives here. (laughs) Said the wife. (laughs) Amen. Husbands and wives, we need to forgive one another. We need to not keep record of wrongs. We need to stop trying to change our spouse. Even though it may be needed. (laughs) Who can change a life anyway? 
Only Jesus. Only Jesus can change a life. You know? And Jesus knows what needs to change in me. Lori probably has a few hints herself also. But... (laughs) But... If the love of God is in you, if you receive Jesus as your Savior and His love is in you, like the scriptures talk about, then let it pass to your spouse. Let it pass to your neighbor. You know? This, you know, this is... uh, The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy and peace. But I think joy and peace kind of come after the love starts <laughs> growing. All right. I've said enough. <laughs> love comes from God. Okay? God showed His love to us. And He keeps doing it. He, he keeps forgiving. He keeps embracing. He keeps encouraging. He keeps promising. He just keeps showing us His love. But he really wants his love to show through us. So his love in us is now we are uh, giving it to other people. Yeah, everybody loves. When I was in the world, I loved. I loved those I loved, and I hated those I hated. Alright? But we're not in the world. We love those we love and we love those Jesus loves. <laughs> and we need help with that. right? But His Holy Spirit helps us. So <clears throat> now that I've given this fuzzy little message here, we're going to take communion. But I want us to take communion free from any unforgiveness free from any bitterness, free from hanging on to judgment against certain people. God never called us to be anyone's judge. I mean, you know, He is the judge. We need to entrust that to Him. So, so we're going to take communion, but I, I want us to do it free. Free. From unloving things. And I'm going to give us an opportunity before we take communion. If the Lord shows you anything, you just, just confess it to Him. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Beautiful. <clears throat> but well, let's take communion the right way. Let's recognize the body of Christ as we take communion. Whether that literally means Jesus' body or whether that means us, His body. Let's recognize the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask the uh, ushers to prepare. And if the worship team will come, they're going to lead us in worship. You can stay seated, but they'll lead us in worship. And then we're going to take communion together.